there, pretties. It's Chrissy. And it's Heather. And a really sweet guy with a deep voice to give you a... Uh, oh, yes. Just a quick warning. Yes, the Chrissy and Heather show contains elements of real life, nostalgia, silliness, deep thinking, and nonsense. If you're averse to any of these ingredients, the Chrissy and Heather show may not be for you. So talk to your doctor and all your friends about this program. Let's get into it. Hello, Chrissy. Hi, Heather. How's it going? It's going all right. Yeah. I've got some questions for you today. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> I'm wondering, would you rather... Oh, this is a good game. Yeah. Would you rather have to read aloud every word you read or sing everything that you say? I guess I would rather read, although I love to sing everything that I say. Uh, no, because singing, you need like a tune. Like there's more work involved in singing yeah. than just reading. So, okay. so I would like to sing things that I read sometimes if, the, if, if I'm reading music. I yeah. Guess. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Okay. Would you rather live on the beach or in a cabin in the woods? Beach. That was easy. Yeah. Would you rather be able, be unable to have any children or only be able to have quintuplets? Only be able to have quintuplets. Really? Yes. Wow. Okay. I like kids. I think you should have them in your life. <laughs> so that was another pretty quick decision. Yeah. Okay. All right. One more. I think I know how you're going to answer this one. Would you rather move to a new city or town every week or never be able to leave the city or town you were born in? I would move every week. Why? There's a lot to see. Um, and it's disruptive to travel, but it's also rewarding. And if I had to stay in the town I was born in, which is a perfectly fine place. Um, <laughs> I mean, there, there's only so much you can do. There's only so many people. There's like only so much impact you can make. There, there's only so much. And my dad always told me as a kid, this is a great place to be from. He always mm. wanted me yeah, to that's go nice. elsewhere. Yeah. So do you consider yourself to be a morning person or a night person? Definitely a night person. Really? A hundred percent. How do you know that? Person. Uh, my dad always said I would be a good second shifter. Like I mm -hmm. kick in from like three to 11. Okay. Yeah. I'm not like if I happen to get up in the morning, I it's nice like to go out for a walk and see the birds and the whatever, but that's not my space. Like once I am awake, I would rather stay awake mm -hmm. and wake up early to do something new. Okay. All right. So um, if you text me in the middle of the night, I am most likely to get back in touch with you. At, well, I will resist the temptation to text you back at 630 in the morning mm -hmm. because that's when my brain clicks on uh -huh. and I get my stuff done because I'm a morning person. Yeah. Some people really are. My ex-husband was and he would pop out of bed like our schedules never aligned. We were like ships in the night. And mm -hmm. part of it was just simply that natural whatever it is. That yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. My husband and I have different body clocks too. Yeah. Like he's a night owl and I can maybe make it to 9 p.m. Oh man. See 9 p.m. Like if I were to be in bed at 9 p.m. I would like be embarrassed. Oh no. That's living. <laughs> that's the, the good life. That is living the dream for me. In fact, last night I, it was eight o'clock and I was like, hmm, I think it would be 
bad if I just went to bed. I mean, are your are your kids night people or morning people? I don't know yet. Um, one of them, I think, is kind of a night person. Um, and then the other, I can't tell yet. You know, he he used to get up early in the morning and be like full of energy. But lately he's been wanting to sleep in. I'm just saying at eight o'clock, there's no chance that mine are in bed. And I don't think I can get although I do sleep in in the mornings and they're up and I'm yeah still asleep. But yeah, I can't imagine going to bed without them being in bed. Yeah, I was I was thinking the same thing. Like, I don't want to go to bed with my kids still being awake. But I mean, I would if my husband was home because then at least one parent is awake. Mm. But I wake up really early. Well, my house is just me and I don't know. I just, yeah, we're all, I think we're all kind of night people though. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, so the reason why I was wondering that is I've been doing a lot of thinking lately about what we know about ourselves and what we know about how we make decisions and when we do our best work. I do my best work in the evenings for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, another thing that I was thinking about is like kind of in the context of what we know about ourselves. You know that you're a night owl. You know that um you would rather have quintuplets than have no children. Mm-hmm. You know that you want to see the world. You know, you know that you wouldn't be happy staying in one place for your entire life. And it seemed like those decisions, when I asked those questions, were pretty easy for like you I to make. I already know those answers. You already know yeah. those answers. Mm-hmm. But like some, you have to think about the, well, what would I lose if I choose this other option? Or what would I gain if I didn't choose the other option? And so there are some categories where you were making a little bit of a pro and con list. Mm -hmm. And that's interesting to me because I love learning about how people choose things and how people make the decisions that they've made in their lives and what's, what's an easy choice to make and what's a hard choice to make. Yeah. And I tend to make snap decisions sometimes Mm -hmm. and I stick with them and I like, I, And I think part of it for me is I do so much self mental exploration. Like I I think about these kind of things, you know, I think about where would I like to live? What would I like to do? What like, you know, I, I'm not very good at going with the status quo necessarily. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that is why those were easier for me because I definitely, I I don't want to live in the woods. The woods is scary. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen a horror movie on the beach? No. Jaws. Oh, well, that's, that's different, you know, but no. And there's... Creature from the Black Lagoon. Those are monster creatures. Those are not humans who are going to come stalk around outside and yeah. What's All the one with the Tom Hanks? Movies. What's the one with Tom Hanks on the, on the island? Castaway. Castaway. That's not a horror movie. No, but I'm talking killers on the loose. Oh, they're in the woods. <laughs> yeah, you can't really hide well at the beach. <laughs> killers are on the loose in the woods, and that's not for me. <laughs> well, I've been thinking about decision making. I've got a friend who has been trying to decide um, about a job offer that Ooh, she has just received. That's a hard one. And well, and it, it's particularly difficult for her because she's having to choose between money and time. Oh yeah. You know, she's been wanting to, to make a change in her career 
And now she has the opportunity to do it. But it, it's a pay cut from what she's used to making. I think that women in the workplace often have to choose between money and time. Yeah. Um, I had a really in-depth discussion with an accountant a while back. As you know, I own a large company. We have, I don't know, a thousand employees. Thereabouts. Most of them are women. Mm -hmm. Most of them are young women. And structuring what work looks like for women we like this cookie cutter. You work 40 hours a week and that's your salary job and that's what you do. And you're probably really supposed to work 50 or 60 hours a week in this 40 hour job. Um, and that's just what you do. But women particularly, I mean, I'm sure all people, but women particularly want like a 30 hour work week. Mm -hmm. We want to work, you know, 25 to 30 hours. We want to be paid fairly for that time. And we had a real conversation very contentious, I'm sure, among our listeners, but about the wage gap. Mm -hmm. And if women want to work less, should women be paid less? Do women like here's the question. Do women want to work 30 hours a week and be paid for 40, whereas men are working 50 and being paid for 40 or, you know, like what's 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 the difference there? Well, I think that there's two different categories to look at. You know, I don't think that. I, well, I can't I can't say for anybody else. I would not expect to be paid for 40 hours if I'm working 30 hours. Right. But I would expect that what I get paid per hour be the same as what a man is being paid per hour. Right. And that's why we have such trickiness, I think, in salary positions in mm -hmm. general, not even concerning gender, you know, because. Some people put into their jobs their entire hearts and their entire soul. And if it's not done, they will just stay over and do it. So salary positions, you know, are usually task based, mm -hmm. not time based. Right. And however long it takes you to get these tasks done is your work week. And if it takes you 50 hours to get these tasks done and it takes me 30 hours, why am I punished? You know, why would I have a lower salary? And why um, are you in some places made to feel like if you're not at work, you must not be you must not have enough to do. And so exactly. you get more work given to you. And it seems that the most competent, our best employees, our best people are the people that we shit on the most. Because right. We know that you can handle it. So we hand it to you because mm -hmm. you can do it. And then you're unhappy and then you're sad. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the day, you leave because you don't feel like you're valued in this right. place. So it's a constant balancing act and it's very tricky. And I think for um, anyone, but particularly a woman deciding between money and time is a, a pretty strong issue you bring today, really. You know? Well, you know, and, and that's not even the, what I intended to bring, but... <laughs> Well, let me just derail your show. <laughs> That's fine. I, um, you know, uh, well, a, a boss of a, an old boss that I had once um, told me that I had the curse of the competent, which is yeah. exactly what you just mm -hmm. described. You know, when you demonstrate competency, you then re receive more responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I have definitely noticed times in my life when I will take a back seat and not show competency because I cannot take on anything else. And so I might not raise my hand and say, yeah, I know how to do that. I could help with that right. because 
it doesn't mean that I can, I'm going to. It doesn't mean I have the bandwidth in my life to do it right now. You've learned to say no. I've learned how to say no. I guess you're You've right. Learned That's, to say no through deceptive, deception well, of your skills. <laughs> isn't it interesting how I just, well, okay, so I'm going to say something that might feel, might seem inflammatory, but isn't it interesting how I just womanized that? <laughs> I pretended like I don't know how so that I don't have to say no. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. You're learning things about yourself here. I am learning things about myself. Well, my friend chose, um, she chose, she accepted the job. So she chose time. She chose time and quality of life because that's something that is, is valuable. How old is she? Uh, 42. I think that's great because I think that that's a very millennial attitude. Millennials value quality of life and balance. Um, and which I think is one of the neatest things about them. Like we like to talk crap about millennials a lot right, like yeah. i don't mean we specifically us too but the entire nation in yeah. general you know other generations yeah. if you're not a millennial yeah like they get even, a lot even some of them if they are millennials they like to talk crap about other ones though the other ones right you know i yeah. don't like the other ones the ones that don't work as hard as we do i don't like those other ones yeah um but i i do think that they've got some pretty neat things with work-life balance they're demanding and as an employer I don't care for them, <laughs> but as uh, you know, as I think that they're, they're doing some really good things. They're, they're trying to yeah. balance. They know that they're not going to do like maybe their dads did and go and sit in this cubicle for, you know, 50 hours a week and, you know, come home shot and yeah, you know, well, I think that they are growing up and coming of age in, in a time when gig culture is really more prevalent than having a salaried job with benefits. You know, I, I having a collection of, of mm-hmm. things and I have a collection of things, you know, I, I, I have several pots that I work in and I prefer it that way because I can, I can organize my life the way I want to. I have autonomy mm-hmm. and you know, I, I like having that, um, you know, but you do let go of a certain amount of security. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And we actually, we were having this conversation yesterday. I was on a work call and we were talking about um, talent acquisition, you know, hiring new people. And we were, we heard, well, we're losing people um, to a higher dollar amount. We're losing people and we can't give them that higher dollar amount for like flexible work because of our benefits package. And like, so basically we let's, let's say, for ease of math, we these other people are getting paid twenty dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. We pay you fifteen dollars an hour, but with benefits loaded, mm-hmm. it equals twenty dollars an hour. You know, and when we are explaining this to a potential employee, they're like, "No, I want twenty dollars an hour." They want more choice in what their money goes toward instead of this extra like healthcare, whatever. And so I'm like. So offer them $20 an hour, no benefits. Right. If yeah. that's what they want. You know what I mean? So it was it was just this conversation on how to be flexible as mm-hmm. an employer so that you meet the needs of your staff because we are in a staff-driven culture. Mm-hmm. We are in a place where these people can go work somewhere else and they're, they're well-trained and they're mm-hmm. skilled. And if we want them to work with us, we have to accommodate them in some way we don't. 
we can't just expect them to fit the mold that we present. Correct. Yeah. You have to be nimble enough to adapt to what the workforce, what the, what the pool of candidates are. Yeah. You can't choose the people who are in that group. Mm -hmm. You have to choose from whoever is already in there. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the the topic that I really wanted to explore today is along the same kind of lines because it's really about decision making. And mm -hmm. I started to get interested in, you know, the different ways that people make decisions and uh, different categories that people might consider themselves to be in as a decision maker. And, you know, like whether or not you um would use the same method of decision-making in your family life or your home life as you would in your professional life. Mm -hmm. Do you have a gut instinct that you follow? Yes. Do you follow that over facts or logic or evidence? I think that I do more and more mm -hmm. the older I get. Um, I work in a profession that is very, very facts-based and obviously you need quality facts yesterday part of our call was also arguing that what we had was anecdotal and not quality facts mm -hmm. and it created a lot of problems uh, on the call yesterday so I mean obviously we need facts I think that currently facts are hard to find because <laughs> <laughs> everybody can present these things as facts and they have a source and they have right. a whatever and you have to like you really got to do some work right now mm -hmm. to figure out what an actual fact is. Um, I used to ignore my gut completely. Yeah. And I think as a pendulum swinger, mm -hmm. <laughs> I have swung more toward if my gut says do this, I do it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a vision for your life that you use to make decisions a vision for my life that I use to make decisions. Um, That's a very coachy question. That's a very coachy <laughs> question. I guess, coach. Um, <laughs> I, I know that I like the way my life looks. Mm -hmm. And I make decisions for it to continue to look like this or better. Okay. Yeah. How's that? I like that. I have a vision for my life that I use to make the decisions that I make. Is it to be a super famous podcast? It, well, part of it now. Yeah. yeah, of course. Um, yeah, it's okay. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you know, I, I think that I'm middle of the road with, there are some decisions that I absolutely make based on gut instinct. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I've gotten to a point in my life where I've had enough knowledge of, of, what I like and what kind of what the outcome, what can I expect the outcome to be that mm -hmm. I feel confident with my gut instinct at this point in my life. But I also measure that against does it fit in my vision that I've created for myself? I think that's really great. And I think that, you know, that's an extra step than some people take. Perhaps I think some people say, well, I think that this is the thing that I want to do. And so that's what they do. Or, you know, I don't, I don't think they think, well, what's the overarching, like, where am I trying to get to? Right. I think sometimes we go short-term goals and we forget about what, yeah. what we want long-term. I think that's an opportunity that we miss a lot to, to write your, write our own future and mm -hmm. then make decisions based on the future that we want to create. Right. Well, so one thing that I found when I was looking around on this topic is for one, there's a lot of um, stuff out there about different types of decision makers um, and you know different names that are given to categories of decision maker. You know, you could be a logical, 
mm-hmm. collaborative, spontaneous, or emotional. Mm-hmm. Other words for pretty much the same categories, directive, analytic, behavioral, conceptual, or visionary, a guardian, a motivator, a flexible decision maker, or a catalyst. Mm. And as I started to explore all of those um, you know, kind of adjectives and I looked into what each of them meant, they all pretty much come into these four categories of logical, collaborative, spontaneous, and emotional. And I have a quiz. Oh, excellent. If you'd like to take the quiz. I really feel like I'm getting free coaching sessions. <laughs> Here's the first question. How would you go about, well, I'll, first I'll say, I found this quiz on BuzzFeed. So it's not completely <laughs> like scientific. Are but you going to put up a link? Yes, I will put up a link so everybody Instead can go Facebook, and Chrissy figure and out. Yes, Chrissy and Heather. C-H-R-Y-S-S-Y. On, that's right, on Facebook. Um, and so this is not like scientifically based, but I will say that after reading scientifically based stuff, I feel like it's pretty, pretty good. Okay. Big ups to BuzzFeed. Yeah. How would you go about making an important decision between two equally good things? Would you flip a coin, consider the pros and cons, ask everybody else's opinion and go with the most popular one or go with your gut feeling? Gut. Okay. How do you make simple decisions like what to have for lunch? I have a set routine to minimize the amount of decisions that I need to make. That's me. I pretty much do things at random or choose whatever's the most convenient. I'll ask for people's advice and recommendations and go based on that. Or it's not usually a problem because I just go what I feel like and what I want to do. That one. Okay. (laughs) You're in a relationship, but your heart isn't in it anymore. How do you decide to break up? If it doesn't feel right, then I'll tell them. I'll probably end up leaving it until I finally snap and break up with them in the middle of an argument. I will discuss with my closest friends and family and have their input before making a decision. Or I will consider what I stand to gain and lose by breaking up and then make a decision based on that. Number four again. Okay. Whatever that one is, that's mine. (laughs) Okay, we'll see. How long does it take for you to make a big decision? It's immediate and spontaneous. It can take a while, but I hate stretching things out for too long. It can be immediate or it could take a long time. Just depends on how long it takes for me to figure out how I really feel. Or I could mull over it for so long that I never come to a decision. Oh, I know people like number four. Number four is not me in this one. I would say number three. Number three kind of depends. Mm-hmm. You have to yeah, figure out how you might, feel. It might take a long time. It might not, but it's just going to be based on, yeah. yeah. Depends on the, what the decision is. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're working in a team on a big project. In the final hour, you discover a big problem in what you've been working on. How do you deal with it? Leave it and hope nobody else notices. Try and fix it on your own without alerting your teammates so you you don't worry them. Hope that someone else has also noticed the problem and they came up with a solution. Or assign everyone tasks of what to do so the problem is fixed ASAP. It would, uh, this is a tough one for me. None of the other ones have been tough. Um, This one, (laughs) I would either break it up among the people or I would just do it myself, but not so that other people didn't worry. Like I would just do it myself because then I would know it was done. Um, Like I don't care if they're worried or not. 
Okay. I think so let's, uh, I'd probably just do it myself. Okay. I'll choose that one. You've gone out to dinner with friends. Mm-hmm. How do you split the bill? Everyone pays for what they got. Everyone pays an equal share. Just wait to be told what to pay by someone who's better with numbers. Or I'll just pay a generous chunk and hope for the best. Um, either everybody pays for what they got or um, everybody splits it equally. If everybody like if you shared bottles of wine and stuff, you would right. do that. You know what I mean? Like or it, like if it's all fairly equal, mm-hmm. but I'll pay for what I got because I don't drink. And all, if I'm with my friends, they do. <laughs> so you don't want to pay for all I'm that. I'm paying for their booze. Okay. So everyone pays for what they got. Yeah. And if you, and they can park it. If you yeah, partake not- of the wine, then you're happy to pay for part of the wine. Yeah. How do you think people should choose their lifelong partner? Oh, geez. I'm trying to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to figure it out today. Okay, great. Based on their gut feeling. You just have to make a commitment because nobody will ever be completely perfect. You should go for someone who you love, but also someone who makes life easier and is dependable. You should never discount the practicalities for the sake of romance. Or I don't think you should ever have to make the decision. You can be perfectly happy on your own. I don't want to answer this one. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Gut okay, feeling. I'm gonna Are narrow, you going to settle? I don't, I, I don't want the, I don't want the, I think it was the second one that was. Just make a commitment? Yeah, just make a commitment no. and make it work. No, that's definitely off the okay. table. All right. That's 100% off the table. Okay. Um, Someone you love who's also practical. That sounds good. I mean, I think I would like that. So this means you should never discount the practicalities for the sake of romance. No, that's not it either. No. Mm-mm. Let's just go with our gut. Let's pick the go that's with our gut. I, that's what I figured you were going to say. Okay. I if want you, the person that I really want. Well, that's your gut. Uh-huh. Regardless exactly. of whether they're a yeah. good fit for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I already clicked it. So you that's you're in. <laughs> if you couldn't make a decision, which of these options would you choose as a solution? Okay. I would choose something at random. I would have somebody else make the decision. I'd wait for some kind of sign to tell me what to do, or I would make a pro and cons list. I would wait for a sign. Okay. Which feels very unscientific and wrong. I don't like that answer, but sure. (laughs) So here is your, your uh, result. You got emotional. Well, no shit. This quiz says you are an emotional (laughs) decision maker. You make decisions based on how things feel. You believe above everything that if you stay true to yourself, then things will work out. Trying to approach things that are inherently illogical, like love, will only lead to confusion as far as you are concerned. Yeah, sure. I got the same thing. Did you? Yeah. You know, I think if you would have given me this quiz a few years ago, Mm -hmm. I would have gotten something totally different. It's a pendulum swing situation. It it would have been like you looked at the facts, you analyzed everything, you blah, 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 Mm -hmm. blah. But I honestly, truly like my life better now. Mm -hmm. I really do. And I really feel good about it. And I'm what I'm thinking about during this whole quiz, Heather, was some of my friends from graduate school Mm -hmm. who are very hard scientists who are like, oh my God, she's gone fruit loopy, you know, like whatever. (laughs) Like 
But I feel better in my life this way. I yeah. feel a lot more true. Mm-hmm. And this feels real to me. Yeah. And so that's it now. Well, you know, I'm all about self-awareness and self and self-improvement when when we want to improve but mostly self-awareness. And I really feel strongly like the more we know about ourselves from a non-judgmental perspective mm-hmm. of, I'm not saying whether this is good or bad about me. Right. I'm just saying this is what's true. Yes. And for, for this example today, you know, what you know about yourself in how you make decisions mm-hmm. can help lead you in the future when you have decisions to make. And right. I saw a quote in one of the articles that I was reading that said something about how, you know, the key to understanding the type of decision maker you are is so that you don't let your tendencies undermine your intent. Yes. And I wrote that down because that seemed exactly the point mm-hmm. of this type of self-exploration. I agree. So that you can go into decision making situations, understanding what your tendencies are so that you don't let those undermine the intent of what you want to bring in. I think also, at least for me, and I don't know about for other people, but if you had asked me a set of questions about how I make decisions in work, right, it would have been very different. Right. Um, Yesterday on that call, a, a big thing that came up was that an employee seemed to be making decisions based on anecdotal personal feelings, not on what the data was telling us. Mm -hmm. And myself and another gentleman on the call kept pointing back to the data and going, this is not true. What you are saying the problem is, is the the lowest it's ever been. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it, it is not a problem. Like we can look at this number, assuming that we have good data here. Is this good data? And the staff person says, yes, it's good data. Okay. Well then the problem that you perceive is not the problem that the business is facing. Right. You know? And so in business decision making, a highly analytic, highly numbers based, highly, you know, um, Well, you might feel like things are going well, but the numbers show that they are not, you know, Um, but in my life, in my personal world, Mm -hmm. I listen to my gut and I listen to my gut in business too, but I also like there's just more factors to weigh, I guess, you know? Well, and I think it also depends on how many people are affected by your decision. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I make almost all of my decisions based on gut. Not all of my decisions are good, but I feel, I feel comfortable with the choices that I've made. And that's part of it, right? That you can live with it. Yeah. That you say, you know what? This one didn't work out. And yeah. that you can own that and say, look, man, I I didn't win this time. This was a bad a bad choice. And but I'm the only person who's affected okay by about that. It. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's it's an interesting thing for our listeners to think about, you know, and, and go online and take that quiz and let us know what kind of decision maker you are. And also, you know, about times when you've made a decision based on your gut instinct and you were right or times when you were wrong. Have there ever been a time when you made a gut no. instinct and you were Never. wrong? Never. Never in my entire life. Ever. If I listen to my gut, I win. Hmm. I truly believe that. There have been times that I have ignored my gut and I have lost big time or terrible things have happened to me. You know, I don't that know. I know I ignored it, that I knew I saw all the signs and I ignored it and that I effed up in a big way. I honestly can't think of a time when I have ignored 
when I have gone with my gut and it did not work out well. Agree. Absolutely. Now that you mention it. Be gut decision makers, people. Go with your gut. <laughs> or go online and tell us why we're full of shit and why <laughs> you make decisions way better than we do. Well, the reason why I wanted to bring this up today is because I think it's something that's interesting to think about. And, um, and I just encourage everybody to pay attention to what your tendencies are so that um, you know, you can know yourself and, and be able to make decisions that are going to keep you in a good place or get you to a good place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know one thing that will be an easy decision, liking and subscribing to our show. <laughs> nice transition. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we are everywhere, y'all. We are on um, Facebook. We're on Instagram now. We are on, I. Um, no, we're not on um, we're on IMDb. Spotify. We're, we're on Spotify. On iHeart. We're on Apple. Apple. And all of it. You can find us. People have been saying that um, they don't know how to do a podcast. It's super easy. You just <laughs> click on the link and it'll magically start playing. Well, that's not recording a podcast, but they don't know how to listen to it. Right. Listen to it. And that's what I meant. Like well, they don't know how to listen to one. giving them advice on our podcast for how to listen to their first podcast. I think we're click on the link. Yeah. <laughs> it's all you do. Click on the link, people. Until next time. Bye. Deep voice guy, how'd we do? I think you ladies did absolutely fabulous. And for those of you looking to increase your dosage, make sure to connect with the Chrissy and Heather Show on Facebook and Instagram.